Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Two, two. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Wow. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, thanks a million. Close your eyes everywhere. Let's pray. Father, thanks a million for this blessed opportunity to come before your word. We pray, mighty Holy Spirit, minister to each and every one of us here. Speak to us. Let the grace of God that brings salvation appear to all of us. In the name of Jesus, I arrest the devil and I resist him now in the name of Jesus. I take authority in the word of God and in the power of God. And I shut his mouth now in the name of Jesus. Speak to us through your word. In the name of Jesus. Let nobody under the sound of my voice leave this place the same. Let us live with a blessing in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. amen. Say a louder, amen. amen. Wow, you may be seated in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Are you not blessed to be in church? It's been an exciting service thus far. I want us to clap our hands for the dancing stars. Also for the choir. Also for the soloist. Also for Kelly. And above all, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So for just a short time before lunch, I want to just preach to you from the word of God. And I believe that God has something special for you. Amen. Naturally, I'm a very shy person, so be saying amen to encourage my self-confidence. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. There's more juice here. Why? What do you give these people? What didn't they give you? Okay, say amen for me. Uh, when you have a wedding, make sure you invite more ladies than guys. Okay, all this, the, the ceremony will be boring. Revelations chapter 12, it's chapter 10, or whichever one. Revelations, okay, let's start from Revelations 20. Revelations 20 verse 12. Is where I want to start today's preaching from. And the title of my message today is Dead Man Stand Up. Dead Man Stand Up or Stand Up. Amen. Amen. Dead Man Stand Up. Okay. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written 
in the books according to their works. Hallelujah. Can somebody say an amen for me? He said, I saw the dead. And what did the dead do? They stood up. He says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand up before God. Dead man, stand up. Now, this sounds strange because we know that dead people don't stand up. I mean, when you are dead, the, the only thing you can do is to lie down. We know that dead people don't stand up. So how does a dead man, how is a dead man able to stand up? The Bible says one day, a dead man will stand up. Small and great means whether you are a big man or you are a small man. Whether you are rich or you are poor. Whether you are Tabombeki or you are Julius Malema. Whoever you are, one day you will be asked to stand up before God. Pastor, I thought if you are dead, you are dead. No. When, when you are, this is how a dead man is able to stand up. When you die, your spirit continues to live on. In Luke 16 verse 90, the Bible says that there was a certain rich man. Your spirit lives on after you are dead. The world doesn't end when you die. Your story doesn't end when you die. It says, there was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and ate sumptuously every day. Next verse. We are going to 25. And there was a certain poor beggar, great and small, a rich man, great, A certain poor beggar named Lazarus, small, which laid at his gate full of sores, desiring to be fed from the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. This poor man, the Bible said he had a lot of sores. He was not only small, he was poor, and he had a lot of sores. And the dog, he didn't even have food to eat. So, Bible says he wanted, he was desiring to be fed from the food that fell. When the rich man eats the leftover, that's what he was desiring to eat. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. Verse 22. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried. We are talking about dead man stand up. And the beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. You could see that he could not walk. He had to be carried. And the rich man also died. Whether you are great or you are small, you will die eventually. Poor people just die faster than rich people. Life expectancy for poor people is shorter than rich people. Because rich people can, can have access to medical... There are some sicknesses, if you get it now and you go to a public hospital, you will die. But if you were to go to a private hospital, you will survive. Not because your number is up. You won't die because your number is up. Because you went to a poor hospital. So, the, so it happened also in the Bible. Inequality started from the Bible. The poor man died first. And the rich man also died. And was buried. Next verse 23. And in hell, the guy who died, I thought he was dead. The Bible says, and he in hell, he lifted up his eyes. It's not like they lifted up his eyes, but he lifted up his eyes. The dead man lifted up his eyes. 
being in, and, and see as father Abraham and Pharaoh. So his eyes were not only lifted up, but it could still see. When you die, you will still be able to see. He could still see. He lifted up his eyes and he saw father Abraham afar off. And Lazarus in his bosom. Now, he could recognize the people he was see. He could see father Abraham and he could see Lazarus. Which means his brain was still working. His mind was still active. He could still know what was right. He was still lucid. When you go home, you've learned a new word, lucid. He was still lucid. He could understand things. Next verse. Dead man. Stand. When I say dead man, say stand up. Dead man. And cried and said. How did he cry? He means his mouth was working. He could still talk. Hey. This is a dead man. And see father. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And said Lazarus. He still thought he was rich. He still thought he was in power. He was used to sending people. So he now when he saw Lazarus, oh, that's the beggar who was living by my gate. I can still send him. So he said to Father, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger. It means Lazarus was still alive. He could be sent. Dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. So it means his tongue was there. And once your tongue is there, it means your tongue is connected to something. And, and since he's talking about water, it means he wants to swallow it. It means the esophagus is still working. Yeah. Cool my tongue, for I'm tormented in this flame. He said, the flames of hell, they are too much. Next one, he could still feel things. His senses were working. What we call the five, five senses, touch, what, smell, sight, taste, they were, he could taste water. That's why he didn't ask for Coca-Cola. He asked for water. His sense of taste was still there. He could have asked for a bottle of brandy. Brother, sit up, okay? I'm almost finished preaching. Sit up. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know why I, I don't I enjoy when people sit like this? One day, I, I was working somewhere in London, in Manchester, and I was, I was sitting there, and I sat like this, and then they called me. They called me to the office, and then they showed me a CCTV footage of myself sitting like that. And then they sacked me. They put me on a first-class coach back to London. And then they sacked me. So anytime I see people sitting, I become worried. Especially when it's not a leisure. They told me it's a sign of laziness and a sign of disrespect. Yeah, British, white British men, they told me it's a sign of laziness and disrespect. So it always, I mean, it doesn't affect me in any way, but it frightens me. So anytime I see, I just, so please forgive me. It's not like I'm trying to highlight. It's just, anyway, back to... I'm tormented in this flame. And Abraham said unto him, Son, remember thou in thy lifetime. It means, remember that when you were on, on earth, thou received thy lifetime, thou received good things, thy good things. That when you were alive, you had good things. And Lazarus, evil things. But now he's comforted. And you are tormented. Now, this is not what I'm preaching about. I'm just telling you that when you die, you will still be alive. That's why dead man can stand. I said, dead man, stand up. That's why even though you are dead, you can be asked to stand up. One day, after we are dead and we have left this earth, we will be asked to stand up before God. Before your mother, no. Before your brothers, no. Before your friends, no. Before God. Go back to that original verse. We'll just be going in and out. 2012, in and out. 
Why will we be asked to stand up? Look at it from the verse. It says, And I saw the dead, great and small, stand before God. And the books were open. So that the books will be open. And another book was open, which is called the book of life. And what did they do? They judged them out of those things which were written in the book. One day will be asked, why, are we, why, why is it that when you are dead, they won't let you rest? Because when we put you in the grave, we write on your grave, rest in peace. You have been around for 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, 60 years. Now you are tired. Why won't God let you rest? God will wake you up one day and say, stand up. And when he says stand up, what is the reason why he's letting you stand up? So that he can judge you out of the books. Yeah. So he can judge you. He says, and another book was opened, which was called the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in the book. Yeah. One day, God will let us, he will call us, say, dead man, what's your name? Fano, you will hear your name. Fano, stand up. Yeah. What's your name, pretty girl? Lee Corner, right? One day when you are dead, you will hear your name in heaven. Lee Corner, stand up. Yes, sir. Those of you have been to lectures before. Someone, the lecturer wants to ask you, the lecturer wants to ask you a question. You mention your name. Say, stand up. Stand up. I had a lecturer. He will ask you a question. If you don't answer, he look at you. And <laughs> say, when your friends were busy studying, you were chasing foolish girls. <laughs> Sit down, you fool. <laughs> Sometimes when you answer the question, the question is wrong. He will let you stand up. You Sit down. Say, you stand up. He's standing to lecture you. You, you, you stand up. Then he will look at you. Uh, <laughs> you give the answer, you look at it, you say, maybe he will draw a curve on the one, and say, what will, be, what will be the effect of an increase in maybe uh, consumers? Then you will give your explanation. When you finish, look at you. Look at you. You, are you. you say price will fall. You are joking. You are what? Then the whole class will repeat, joking. Then you sit down. About 400 people in the lecture room. You sit down. Hey! So one day you'll be called for no stand up. Lisa Kanya, stand up. You thought it was over. You thought it was over when you, you went out of this world through Avbob. So you thought it was the end. But one day you'll be asked to stand up. To be judged. The Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die. And after that. Judgment. Hebrews 9.27. It says, it's an appointment everybody has to keep. It's an appointment you cannot miss. It is appointed. Look at it. And as it is appointed unto men once to die. After the death, what happens? Judgment. You can't miss it. You can miss a dentist appointment. You can miss a doctor's appointment. You can miss a school appointment. You can miss a wedding appointment. You can miss a funeral appointment. But this appointment, you can never miss it. Once to die. And after that, the judgment. Dead man, stand up. Yeah. It's coming. 
whether we like it or not. You know, you know, there are some news that you really don't want it to come. You don't want to hear it. It doesn't sound pleasant when you hear it. But hearing it or not hearing it doesn't negate it from coming. Doesn't stop it from coming. Doesn't excuse it for coming. It's coming. You better prepare for it. Today we are here to prepare for it. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I'm almost about to finish preaching. Second Corinthians chapter 5. I read from verse 10. It says, For we must all. For, for the lady, read with me. For the ladies must all. For the guys must all. For the thieves must all. For the rich people must all. For the black people must all. For the Africans people must all. For the white people must all. We must all, all of us, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All of us, there's no except from the pastor through his wife and children, through the church, through everybody, your grandmother, your uncle, everybody we know, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That, this is this, it is this appointment that you will hear your name. Kelly, stand up. Nehemiah, stand up. You will hear your name clearly. Without a doubt. For this appointment. For this. Hey, I'm going to do Brazilian hair so that I'll have a lot of Look, there's a, there's a wild. I, I, I have to go for my graduation. It's more, this appointment is more sure than your graduation. It's more sure than your wedding. It's more sure than your next menstrual period. Yeah. It's more sure. I said it's more sure than your lunch this afternoon. It's more sure. I said it's more sure. It says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. What will happen there? That every man or everyone may receive the things done in his body. According to that which he has done, whether it be good or bad. He says, we will all appear. And that day when they ask us to stand up, is to receive the judgment or the reward or in Bible terms, the recompense, the pay, the wages for the things that you've done with your body. Which means the things you've done in the flesh. The things you've done. We will all. This is the appointment. Nobody is missing it. You are not missing it. I'm not missing it. You are not missing it. I am not missing it. We must all appear. I had some teachers, they whip you. Whatever you do, even if something happens, they don't whip you that day. It's there. He has it in his book. You see, three days later, when he comes to a lecture, you, you owe us. Then they whip you for it. You can't run away from it. They are coming to whip you, then you run away. Thinking that if I come back later, they'll be too tired. Or they will change their, they will never change, you will get the whipping. It says that we will receive the recompense, the reward for what we have done with our bodies, whether it be good or it be bad. Now, I have good news for you. It says your reward can either be good or be bad. Usually, when we hear about judgment, all we think about is that it will be bad. It must not necessarily be bad. You can alter it today. That's why we are here today. You can, your reward can either be good or be bad. I'm not expecting to get a bad 
report. I'm actually looking forward to this. I said, I'm looking forward to it. It's like going to write an exam. When you have not studied, you don't look forward to it. When you have studied, you are waiting. Okay, can't we write the exam so long? Can't we write it already? The only reason why you are afraid is because you have not studied. Or you have not studied enough. If you have prepared for judgment, you are not afraid. Yes, you need the grace of God. But you are preparing for it. So you are not afraid. Your reward can be good. But it can be bad. Reason why you are scared is because you are not prepared for it. We will receive. Everybody will get a payback. You came to arrange the chairs in the church. It's something you have done in your body. You will get a payback. You came to sing in the choir. You will get a reward. You came to dance in the dancing stars. You will get a reward. You came to church regularly. You will get a reward. You gave offerings regularly. You will get a reward. You paid your tithe. You will get a reward. Also, if you spent your life fooling around. Breaking every girl like you are John Wick, you will get your reward. Stealing everything like you are Pablo Escobar, you will get your reward. Yeah. You will get your reward. Yeah. You will get a reward. Hey, I see that the church, there, are, there are a lot of nice girls in the church. I'm going to be coming to church every Sunday so that every Sunday I can get one to knock. You get one to knock, you will get your reward. It's just a matter of time. You will get your reward. Whether it's good or bad. Whether it's good or bad. So, Pastor, what do we do? The Bible teaches us how to live our lives. So that what that day when we stand, when your name is mentioned to stand up, precious, stand up. You will not be afraid. You will not stumble. You will not be scared. Dead man, stand up. Ecclesiastes 9. I have just two scriptures or three or so. I read and I'm done. It's the shortest preaching you will hear. But most important preaching you are hearing for your life. Revelations 11. I'm reading from verse 9. It says, rejoice, O young man. In thy youth, rejoice, O young lady, in your youth. He says, be happy when you are young. And let your heart cheer you up in the days of thy youth. Walk in the ways of thine heart and in thy thy sight, in the sight of thine eyes. But know that for all these things, God will bring unto you judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart. And put away evil, away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth are useless. It says, enjoy whilst you are young. It's bliss to be young. When you are young, everything is nice. Happy. The slightest things make you happy when you are young. Why? Because there are no pressures on you. There are no burdens on you. Everything makes you happy. And he says, whilst you are young, start from verse 9. Whilst you are young, be happy. Rejoice in them. Whatever comes into your heart, be happy with it and do it. Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. And let your heart cheer you up. Be happy in your heart. You want to dance, dance. You want to sing because when you are young, look, when we do the God is fight, you see the God is fighting all the moves. There's only one move that I know how to do. The one that you just stand at one place. Because I'm not young anymore. 
I came to the Lord when I was your age. It's been 30 years. Yeah, I'm not young anymore. You can dance and jump. God is fighting for, and still you are okay. Me, I jumped three times. My heart is beating. Coo, 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 coo. Now, if I have one million heartbeats before I die, I'm using them sparingly so that they don't finish quickly. Yeah, you have more. Jumping. Oh, anything you want to do, you can do. He says, be happy and enjoy it. God is not against you enjoying your life. He says, enjoy your life. Be happy. Enjoy what you can do. But remember, remember, always have it in your mind. Remember that God will bring thee to judgment. When you are enjoying life, remember that judgment will come. So enjoy life in such a way that will give you good. It's like you are in school and you don't want to keep your eyes on exams. So you are just there Netflixing and chilling throughout. And suddenly, you are surprised when the lecturer says that it's time to write exams. So whilst you are in school, enjoy school. There are so many things you can do in school, even university. So make friends, make the right contacts, see things you have not seen before, travel the world, all these things. But whilst you are doing, remember that the reason why you are in university is to pass exam and finish it and get a degree and go home. And by that, not a sexually transmitted degree, a real degree. Not sleep your way through university. Yeah, that's an STD, sexually transmitted degree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just remember judgment is coming. Young man, young lady, remember that judgment is coming. So do things that will give you good judgment, positive judgment. Do those things. Focus on those things. I mean, I'm glad that I didn't find Christ when I was old. Then you will say, Pastor, allow us to enjoy. I found Christ when I was your age. Young like you. Young and handsome. And I found Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And I found Christ. And I've had fun. I've had so much fun. You have no idea. If you like, bring your notes. Even just the age you are at. If it's 18 to 19, I'll also bring my notes with pictures and evidence. And we compare. We see who's having more fun. Or who had more fun at that stage. Even as a Christian. Who had more fun? You'll be surprised. You have not learned to find fun in the things that please God. Do you think God brought us to this earth to make us sad? That there's nothing that in God you can do. That you will be happy. All you, or the only way you can be happy is to drink and get drunk. Where's Cora? What does that mean? What, what is he doing there? Everybody should be here. What is happening outside? The service is inside. Okay. Yeah. You think the only thing you can do to be happy is to drink and get drunk. Or get laid. That's how you can be happy. Oh, your value is very low. There are a lot of, a lot of things you can do to be happy. Yeah. Hello? Hi. You can be... Next verse. Let's go verse 10. You let's go forward. We are closing. It says, therefore, remove... So don't, don't be depressed. 
Remove sorrow from your heart. Don't have a depressive life. You are just, you are just sad. Also because of judgment. Don't say so. Because judgment is coming. Me, I'm just going to sit in my room. Uh, doing nothing is also evil. Me, I'm going to sit in my room. I don't want to go anywhere. If I go somewhere, a problem will come. I don't want to go somewhere. I don't want to go somewhere. No, he says, Rumu, don't be depressed. Rather, put away evil from your flesh. Put away evil from your flesh. Some of you lie like it's a sickness. I mean, you tell lies like it's a sickness. Sometimes we have not even asked you a question, you are lying. Say amen. Hey, is this the same pastor, the same guy? <laughs> he says, why? Because childhood and youth is useless. Useless means it deceives you. It deceives you. It makes you think that you will always be young. Some ladies think they will always be young and beautiful. How many of you, you've seen your mother before? Oh. Ladies, let's start with ladies. Forget about the guys. Ladies. Oh, give me. You know your mother. You know your mother. You are going to look like that. It's just a matter of time. Okay, mother is even. Grandmother, grandmother. 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 My grandmother just passed away this past week, 94 years. Yeah, God gave her a long life. 94 years. You are going to look like your grandmother. It's just a matter of time. So you see a beautiful girl. This brother comes. So he's a nice guy. Marry him. Oh. So this other one comes. So by the time you realize, suddenly your beauty has passed away. When the brother sees, I, God forbid. Fanu, you see, do you see this girl? Say, oh, Pastor, God forbid. <laughs> and, and they won't even say it in English, they'll say it in Europe, but they'll say Tofia Kwa. That's how they say it in Nigeria. Tofia Kwa. <laughs> Sometimes when you are a young man, you think you have your youth all the time. He says youth is useless. You think you always be young. Oh, I can do this. And sometimes when you go to the gym and you do a little some push-ups. Then you think that that's all. Look, watch all the guys with six-pack. They will all get a pot belly. It's just a matter of time. Look, they can swear never. They will all get it. You, you don't believe. Oh. But you are, you are young. That's why you are laughing. Go and Google. You see, go and Google these old sportsmen. Do you get it? Old footballers and things. And look at what they are now. Do you get they were living in the gym. Where's where's Nehemiah? Come, come, come. They were living in the gym. They are sports people. So they get paid. You you go to the gym, you pay to go the, to the gym. They are paid to go to the gym. Look at this guy. I don't want him to show you his cis pack, but look, it's like I'm touching metal, metal. Like <laughs> hey, come and put it here. Hey, stand here, stand. Yeah. Don't flex, so just be there. No, he has not even flexed. Look, stand there, put your hand down. You see this one, this one, 
Like as I'm touching, it's like I'm touching metal. I'm telling you, I have a lot of them. These guys all over the place, I have them. Metals. But look, it's not a case. How old are you? Plus 25. You see, it's like to it be like a pregnancy. You'll you be moving. God is fighting for us. <laughs> Not because he's bad, though. You can sit down. Not because he's bad, though. That's how life is. Do you see? You, you see? What? Oh, Pastor, but I'm going to go to the gym all the time. I'm going to maintain it. Mm. You see, like, let, let me, t- even, let's put aside science. Let's just use common sense. At your age, your energy level is like this. Okay? And you have about this number of things to do. Meaningful things to do. So you have between here and here, let's say this is 10. This is 8. So you have two, two utils, joules, kilojoules of energy left. That's what you are using for the gym. Do you get it? Now when you become an engineer, you are working somewhere seriously, you will see that the things you have to do is no longer at 8. It's now at 10. Okay? So now you don't have the tool that is there to use at the gym. Do you see? So immediately the gym part starts to fall down gradually. You say, Pastor, now I'm running. No problem. It's the beginning of the end. (laughs) Oh, Pastor, I do push-ups in my room. It's the beginning of the end. Do you get it? But currently you are 10 and 10. Now it's 10 and 10. As you gain another five years time, you see this 10 has dropped to 8. And then the, it, now your energy is at 8. Do you see? And then your, your work to do is at 10. Are you following what I'm saying? You work today, you are here. Tomorrow you are there. Tomorrow you are, Even you stop eating properly because time doesn't provide you a chance to eat properly. So you see it's dropping. Then the time will come, your energy level is at six. And what you have to do has rather now increased. Children have come. You have to sit down and even advise them. Look at their homework. Now it's at 12. Meanwhile, you have six available to you. So you have to use common sense to remove some things from inside. Then you remove gym. Then you remove this. Then you remove by the time you realize to bring that thing even down and it's still not coming to six. So, so every day you are overburdened. Why do you think old people are always tired? What to do is more than the energy available. Even you right now, when I give you little children, this type of eight-year-olds, you say they have too much energy. Yeah. They have too much energy. You, I thought you said you were at the peak of your strength. When, my, when our little children in PNB did praise and worship, the whole church, everybody was panting. And they were now starting. They are now getting ready. They never get tired. Hey! They'll do their song. When they finish their song, we are all tired. And they say, oh, you didn't dance well, so let's repeat their song. Then they start from beginning. I'm telling you, we can't keep up. Because a lot of energy. I was surprised when my son had to go and do a volunteer work at a crash. And then he met little children, two-year-old, one-year, three-year. When he came back after eight hours of work, when he came back, he told me, yo, daddy, those children, those children have energy for days. I was looking at him and saying, hey, is that you? That's why. So those of you who are saying, oh, it can't be you, wait. Did you know Kelly had a six-pack? Hmm? 
R. Kelly, R. Kelly. <laughs> am I preaching or I'm preaching? I said, am I preaching or I'm preaching? Dead man. Stand up. One day your youth will pass away. Youth is van, it's useless. If you don't use it for the right thing, you would have missed on it. And, and also, it's, it's when you are at your youth stage or when you are young, that's when you build things for the time that the energy is, is down. Can you imagine at this age, if I didn't have a car, how it would be a struggle? I have a car today because of the things I did in my youth. So if you don't use it well, you will not have any use. So whilst your energy levels are going down, you're, you, 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 don't, you cannot afford life. So now you are in school, study. And stop watching Premier League. It's like you are watching Premier League at the expense of study. Now I'm not saying don't watch Premier League. I watch Premier League. I watch Premier League. I was watching Chelsea yesterday, hoping that the other team will equalize. And they were fortunate. They just escaped. Those who are saying never, I send them a message. You guys are living <laughs> dangerously. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So watch it. But study. You are in school first to study. Amen. Or else a time will come. You will see later, you can't even afford a television to watch Premier League. Yeah. You will still be listening to radio. <laughs> now, chapter 12. So he said, youth is vanity. You see, this thing is a continuous writing that he's writing. So he goes to the next chapter and he starts. This is what to do. Remember now thy creator in the days of your youth. Remember God when you are young. Don't say, I don't have time for God. Remember God while you are young. He says, while the evil days come not. Remember God before the evil days come. Remember God. Sometimes some of you come to church like you are doing the pastor a favor. You are doing the person who came to call you a favor. But the person is helping you to remember God whilst you are young. Even when we WhatsApp you, you don't reply. Such impudence and arrogance and pomp and pomposity. You even reply, hello, how are you? So they are going to ask me to come to church. I'll turn my phone off. Don't worry. That day when you are asked to stand up, you will remember all the messages we sent you. All the times we tried to get you to come to Jesus. All the time we tried to get you to know the Lord. You will remember that day. You will remember it clearly. Yeah. You move like I'm helping the pastor. What can you do to help me? Think about it. What can you do to help me? I'm just doing what God has sent me here to do. Uh, well, to, to the, I can't come. I won't come. Uh, the weather is raining a bit. I won't come. Are you, are you going to melt? Are you ice cream? Are you salt? That day when you are asked to stand up, all those things will play before your eyes. All those things will play. The many opportunities. That's when you remember that. You realize that you were not dealing with me. You were not dealing with Pastor Lungani. You were dealing with God. It was God's way. God was just using us to reach out to you. So it was God you were dealing with. God will remind you, I reached out to you here. I reached out to you at this point. I reached out to you at this point. You said you were busy with your life. You were you. Your type of beauty queen has not come before. Your type of girl with a long hair has not come before. Meanwhile, it's not even your hair. You just bought some hair and you put it on. It has not come for. Let your type of guy has not appeared before. Let's allow you to have your time. Let's allow you to do whatever you want to do. After all, it's your life. You have a right to use it the way you want to use it. But that day when you are asked to stand up, 
God will remind you of all of it. I was just giving you an opportunity. It says, remember now your creator. Your creator is God. Did you create yourself? God created us. It says, remember God in the days of your youth. Before the evil day comes, nor the years draw nigh. It says, there are evil days coming. And the days are going to draw nigh. The days are going to draw nigh means you get older. Many people don't turn to God when they get older. God has given you perhaps the greatest opportunity to choose him now that you are young. For some of you, if you don't choose God and become, not just choose God, come to take, give your life to Christ, come to but become serious with God now that you are young. When you get older, you say you don't have time for God. Look at it. He said, before the years, when thou shalt see, I have no pleasure in them. He says, in that day, if you don't remember God quickly and develop a habit, a lifestyle where God is important to you, God is prime to you, a day will come because of your job. You say, I'm not, I'm not interested in it. Because of your marriage, you say, I'm not interested in it. Because of your children, you say, I'm not interested in this. Because of your family, you say, I'm not, I'm not interested. Because of maybe even your riches, you say, I'm not interested in it. I have no pleasure. I'm not excited about it. Yeah, we chose Christ when we were young. So by the time we started to become something, Christ was an integral part of our lives that we can't even kick him out. Yeah. If you don't choose God now that you are... For some of you, maybe you have only two years to have a serious walk with Christ. After that, it's finished. You will see so many things will take your attention all over the place. You can't even become serious again. So you will just be, I used to go to the church. Being there, done this, have the t-shirt. That's how you will be. I said, well, being there, done this, have the t-shirt to show for it. That's all. But really, hey, this is the time to remember God. A time is going to come. You will not have pleasure in these things when you have not chosen God. Dead man, stand up. Revelations 20, back to, back to our opening verse. It says, and I saw a great, I'm reading from, this time I'm reading from verse 11. It says, and I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. It says, one day a a throne shall appear. And the person who is sitting on the throne, everybody will be afraid of him. The earth will be scared of him. The heavens will be scared of him. And they will all run away from him. But when they run, there will be nowhere for them to hide. There will be nowhere for them to hide. Verse 12, which is what we have read from the beginning. And I saw the dead great and small, stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in those books according to their works. Verse 13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. Can, Can you imagine some people went to die in the sea? So that God could not find them. The sea. The sea. That's when you know that the sea belongs to God. 
The sea came to vomit them out. God, these people, they died in this. They are here. They are hiding in the sea. I've brought them. Some are in the Atlantic Ocean. Some are in the Indian Ocean. Some are in the Pacific Ocean. Some are in the Arctic. I've brought all of them. There they are. Some are in the Antarctic. I've brought them. Many years ago, my friends and I wanted to travel to a place called Alaska. Yeah. That far. Yeah. Because we heard there were some wild jobs happening. There were students in the university. We organized ourselves. We said we are going to Alaska. So when we see, we're a group, when we see each other, we say, Alaska, then you respond, ice. Yeah. We are going all the way to Alaska. Yeah. He says, the sea. <laughs> and death and hell delivered up. The dead in them. You, you would think going to hell is the worst thing that can happen to you. Even those who had gone to hell, when the guy on the throne came, hell, even hell brought them. Judge them. I know they're already in hell, but I've brought them. Judge them. Don't spare them. Judge them. Brought them out to be judged. Hell and death brought them to be judged. And they were judged every man according to their works. Hey, God is coming one day. The sea will give up the dead. Even death will give up the dead. Hell will give up the dead. Next verse. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Verse 15. Now, this is the verse I want you to look at. Before you fall asleep, this is the verse. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Remember the verse before. The lake of fire is there. Then death and hell they were cast into the lake. So hell, dear. So if you were in hell, you are already in hell. But after this judgment, you will be cast into hell, which has been cast into the lake of fire. That's what, I'm sure you were asking about if the person is already in hell, why should they judge up? There's an extra punishment. Going to hell is not enough. It says, and, and dying is not enough. Death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. Then the next day said, anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was sent into hell, was cast also into the lake of fire to go and be with death and hell in that fire. Dead man, stand up. How were people judged? What was the, at least here, it reveals to us that the judgment is in two parts. One is who will go to heaven and who will go to hell. Who will be cast into the lake of fire and who will not be cast into the lake of fire? The other one is to judge the things we have done with your flesh. To judge you and, and give reward, whether a good reward or a bad reward, for the things you did with your flesh. Yeah. The things you did with your flesh. In closing, Pastor, what do I need to do for my name to be found in the book of life? I close with this one. Hey, I've never been on time like this before. I close with this one. What do I, because the Bible says that, at least I've told you, 
do the right things so that when you are being judged, Tobeka, when you are being judged, you will get the right reward. But how does your name enter into the book of life? I read the scripture to you and I close. John chapter 3. The Bible says, there was a man of the Pharisees, I'm reading from verse 1, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said, Rabbi, thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles except God be with him. So this guy comes to Jesus and he starts to throw words at Jesus. He starts to say nice things about Jesus. He said, no man can do the miracle. You're a very powerful pastor. Sometimes you have people come to say, oh, Charlie, I like the way Bishop preaches. He's a very powerful. I like the praise and worship. I said, oh, give a lot of nice things. He said, unless God is with you, you can't preach this message that you are preaching. But look at Jesus' answer in verse 3. Jesus said, John 3, 3. And Jesus answered and said unto you. Answered means Jesus heard what he said. You would, when you look at the answer that Jesus gave, you would think that Jesus didn't hear what he said. But Jesus heard him clearly. So he answered him and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot. Who's the one singing? Sweetheart. Tell sweetheart you should sing after church. I'll give her a chance. Okay, see that I'll give you Coca-Cola after church. I said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless you are born again, your name will never be written in the book of life. And if your name is not in the book of life, believe you me, yours sincerely, no matter what you do, by the grace of God, you will go to hell. You will be cast into the lake. Next verse. And Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus started to ask a very clever question. Sometimes when you tell people to be born again, they start to ask clever questions. Oh, I've been in church all my life. You have been in church all your life. Whether you are, if you are not born again, you are not born again. My father is a pastor. You must be born again. They, because the question he was asking, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense. How I'm old, how can I enter into my mother's womb and be born? Sometimes you talk to people, come to church, they give you clever, oh, I'm busy studying. It even makes you look like a fool. Why are you saying they should come to church when they are studying? Look, students are the easiest people. Is your time as a student is the easiest time you can give God attention. Yeah, I'm serious. Some of you are looking at huh? As though we didn't go to university. I was a pastor on university campus. I pastored a church and I did the, the same degree you are doing. You are even doing a lower one, considering the points you used to enter. Don't even start. Yeah. Small university degree. Do you know why they even give you a range? Like you must have between, for to do this, if you want to do pharmacy, you must have between this point and this. If you want to do law, you must have this point. They use the points to check your capacity to do the course. So once they admitted you in the course, you have the capacity to do the course. And doesn't mean doing the course, your life to come, should come to a stop. It's because we are just playing in school. That's why school looks so difficult. I, I'm saying, look, not that I went to church. I pastored the church as a university student. Yeah. Come to Tessa, we are writing. 
Do you know what he reveals to me? He reveals an absence of intelligence. The, the university has made a mistake to even admit you. Yeah, because you, you don't have the capacity for the course. Yeah, I like the way you are looking at me. I'm also looking at you. You don't have the capacity for the course. That's why. That's why. Look, we, we were doing an analysis. You know, from time to time, we help people get into university by the grace of God. We're doing an analysis. All the people who don't qualify, we help them to get a course in the school. They end up failing and going home. Yeah! May you be the first one to break that thing. If we helped you to get into it. Some of you are here, we helped you to get into university. They fail and they go back home. It's like the university is telling us, this girl, she can't do the course. And we, because of love, for you. We tell the investor, you are lying, she can do the course. Then we use connections to get the person in. Two years later, you see the person has failed, cannot survive in the school, and has been sent home. You see them changing courses. Today, say, what are you doing? I'm doing architecture. Tomorrow, they have changed to another. They are, what, what they are doing, that they are gradually trying to get to the lowest course that they have the capacity from. Meanwhile, the investor told us in the beginning, we out of love, we say, oh, you can do it. Maybe you are like that. So you don't have two hours to come and spend with God on a Sunday. So they ask intelligent questions. Can I go into my mother's house? So if I'm writing, what should I do? You knew you were writing from the beginning of school. I'm not here to talk about school. I'm just telling you. You must learn. Verse 5. Remember I'm finishing. Eh? Verse 5. It says, and Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water, which is the one your mother gives birth to you, and of spirit, which means you must be born again. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You'll be there and ask your clever questions. But if you are not born again, the day you are asked to stand up, your name will not be found in the book of life. No matter how intelligent your questions sound, no matter how logical they sounded, no matter how reasonable they sounded when you asked it, you will still be thrown into the lake of fire. You can mention my name on that. Oh, oh God, don't you remember? Bishop Daniel, I know him. I even have a picture with him. I took a picture. It's me and him. Oh, I can God, you God, just give me my phone. I can check with you and show you the picture and you bring up the picture God will say we don't enter by pictures we don't enter God will by that time I'll be there I'll be chilling in my mansion in heaven and even if if Peter comes to call me Bishop some some girl there's a girl standing at the gate he says he knows you she says she knows you I can't be oh eh, I know her but her name is not in the book of life send her to hell yeah because I'm not kinder than God If God says he will send you to hell, how can I be more merciful than God himself? (sighs) Next verse, I finish with with this one. Where do I want to finish? Seven. says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. When you are born of the flesh, the bed that your mother gave is flesh. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You must be born of the spirit. Which is, which is what it means to be born again. To bring Jesus into your heart. To be your Lord and Savior. The master of your life. Then verse 7 he says, Marvel not, marvel not, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. He said, don't be surprised, Tobeka, that I'm telling you, you must be born again. Don't be surprised. 
Oh, why is Bishop making? Why is Bishop so agitated? Why is he so worked up? Why is he so? Don't be surprised. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Do not be surprised that I'm telling you, you must be born again. Give us verse 16. You must be born again. Don't be surprised. Today I'm here. I'm bargaining for your soul. I'm fighting so that you don't go to hell. I'm fighting for you to start a new walk with Jesus. I'm fighting. I'm fighting for it. I'm bargaining for a verse. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God is giving you a chance to put your faith, to put your trust, to put your confidence, to put your life in the hands of Jesus. And when you do that, your name, take us back to 2015, your name is written in the book of life. When you make that decision and you start that journey, your name is written in the book of life. So that day when they open the book of life and they start to look for your name, you see your name. So when they say, dead man, Palessa, stand up, stand up, my dear, stand up, stand up, stand up. And all the people are there. They say, what is your name? Then you mention your name. Palesa Google it too. Then they'll look. Is which one is your surname? Is Palesa your surname or Google it too? So Google it too is my surname. Then they go under G. Then they look at say Google it too. Google it too in Tembu. Are you Google it too? No. Are you Google it too? Then they go out. So oh, Palesa with your date of. You know the way they identify us with our, our ID number. Please keep standing. They identify us with our ID number. That's how we will be identified. They say, Oh, that's your name. You gave your life to Christ in the, in, 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 on the 4th of February, 2000 and maybe 12. So, oh, we have your name here. Well done. Then they'll say, come, come into the rest of the Lord. Come, come into heaven. Come into heaven. Come, come into heaven. Come and rest. Come, come, sit here and rest. if your name is not found, I don't want to use anybody for this example, but if your name is not found in that book, they check every person, even your nickname. Yeah. Bulldozer, they check. Fire extinguisher, they check. Any name you have ever used before, John Wick, they check. Yeah. Baba Yaga, they check. When they don't find it, they call the angels, the demons. Angel police. In heaven, there, there are angel police. They make sure that you go to hell. They come and guide you. And then they walk you out. Go to hell. If you have played Monopoly before, there's a place that when you fall, we have chance and community chest. And when you have chance and you pick the card, there's a particular card. It says, go, go to jail. Go and it, it starts by saying, go to jail. You think that that's the end because there are nice things in front of you to go to jail. They said, go directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not cutlet 200. They send you straight. You, you, if your name is not in the book of life, when you pick the card, it will say, go to hell. Go directly to hell. Hell. May your name be found in the book of life. Today, as I end, you can make that choice by choosing Jesus so that your name can be written in the book of life. I'm just about to pray with all of us. 
And as I pray with us, my prayer is that you will welcome Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and your Savior. Stand to your feet. Let us pray. Every eye closed. This is the most important part of the service. Every single eye closed. Every head bowed. Close your eyes, please. Close your eyes. I want to pray with you. You want to say, Bishop, I've heard you. I want my name to be in the book of life. I want Jesus to come into my heart to be my Lord and be my Savior. If you are here like that with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want you to lift up your right hand quietly where you are without opening your eyes. Lift your right hand wherever you are. I want to pray with you. If you are lifting your hand, lift it high above your head. High above your head. Close your eyes, young girl. Lift your hand high above your head. I want to pray with you. Jesus, come into my heart and be the Lord of my life. Lift your hand high above your head. If your hand is up, I want you to come to me where I'm standing. Come to me. You lifted up your hand. Let's take what the decision we are making seriously. Come to me. You live with your hand lifted up. Come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Come. Don't be shy. This is a decision to go to heaven or go to hell. Come to me. Your hand is up. Come to me. Come to me, my brother. Come to me. My sister over there. Come. Don't. Today is that day. Today is that day. Today is that day. Come to me. Pastor. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. Come to me. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come to me. Come, come forward a bit. Come forward a bit. Yeah. Come. Stand. 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 Just, just go forward. Maybe you are here. Maybe you are here. Listen. To, open your eyes. Those of you who are here. Listen to me. This is the most important decision of your life. Maybe you have taken this step before. But you know that you are not serious. I want to give you another opportunity. Today may be the turning point. I don't care if the whole church comes. We are better safe than sorry. I want to give you another You know you have been playing games with God. Say, like, yeah, I came there. Last, last three weeks. Even you were, you were drunk on that day. Came to give your life to God. After that, it's like you just uh, once a while when you see your roommate going to church, then you follow your roommate to go to church. But you have not been serious about that decision. I want to give you this opportunity. I want to give you another opportunity. Look, it's better, I'm telling you, it's better to be safe than to be sorry. Some of you are here thinking the day Bishop is talking about is 20 years away, it's 40 years away, it could be tonight. Like I said, it's more sure than your lunch this afternoon. It could be tonight. It could be just this week alone. I've had three funerals this week. One last Sunday. That's why I wasn't here last Sunday. Last Sunday, I was in Eastern Cape burying somebody. Thursday, I had gone for another funeral. Yesterday, I was at another funeral. Three of them. Now, I'm not predicting that you are going to die, but I'm telling you, take it seriously. We don't have eternity. We don't have forever. I'm giving you an opportunity. Pastor, I know. I have given my life to Christ before, but I've never taken it seriously. I want to give, I want, I want to do it again. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. You are in the corner. I want to do it again. Lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. I want to take God seriously. Oh, no more games. No more games. No more games.
names. I want to take it seriously. Lift your right hand. I want to pray with you. I want to. If you have lifted your hand, come. My sister, come. My brother, come. Come and join them. 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 Hmm. If you are in front, I want you to pray this prayer with me. You can put your hand down. Since you are, now you are here. The hand was just to identify you for you to come for. You are here. Pray this prayer with me. Say with me, dear Lord Jesus. I accept that I'm a sinner. I come to you just as I am. A sinner ready for your mercy. I believe that you died for me and you shed your precious blood for me. I believe it with all my heart. I believe, Lord, that you rose again from the dead. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. From today, I am born again. I am a child of God. Satan! Satan! If I lift up your finger like this, lift up, lift up your finger like this, and say, Satan! Satan! Listen to me! Listen to me clearly! I am a child of God. From today, you and I, we have no agreement. We have nothing in common. We, we won't do anything together again. I am born again. I'm a child of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For dying to save me. Amen. Oh, why don't you put your hands together? Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. Where, where, where is that, my little girl? Let me pray for her. Sweetie, come, let me pray for you. Father, thank you for this lovely little girl. I pray in the name of Jesus. Let this be real. Send your spirit to minister to her in a way that she will understand. Let this go deep into her heart. Let it not just be something she's doing with her parents, but something she's doing for herself. Let it start from today. For the rest of your, her life, be with her, guide her, keep her, use her. Make an evangelist out of this one. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, thank you for all these ones who have yielded their lives to you. Indeed, we give you all the glory and all the praise. I pray for them. Help them to endure. Help them to survive. Help them to overcome everything that challenges them. Give them supernatural grace to do well. In this new walk with you, plant them in your house. May there be no Sunday that passes that they won't come to church. Help them. Help them with their schoolwork. Help them with their lives that they can have time to serve you. Where they are struggling, Lord, come through for them. Even through them, let their families be saved. Let their friends be saved. Let their roommates be saved. Let their neighbors be saved. In the name of Jesus. We thank you for their lives. We bless you. 
Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Alright. Okay, this is your song. You can chill, chill, chill with it. My God, that is you. One second, one second. Don't be in a rush. We are playing music for you. We make miracle work for this kid. My God. Alright, alright, alright. Now, listen up. This is the beginning of a new walk with Jesus. My Lucy. Oh, I'm so glad I came to church with you. I'm telling you. Wow. Wow. This is the beginning. Now, take this decision seriously. Maybe you've not done anything that you've taken seriously before. This is the beginning of it. God is about to turn your life around completely and totally. It starts from now. Take it. It's no longer a game. Oh, uh, when I came, I was afraid. What is that dead man? Then uh, it's not. I didn't come to frighten. I could have come to preach the love of God to you. Also, I just decided that today let me come from this other side because sometimes it's good to hear it also in another way. God is not a wicked God. He's not looking for you to kill you or to do something bad to you. He just wants to use your life for what He sent it onto this earth for. So this is the beginning. This church is a very good church. I've been in it for thirty years. I've been a member. This church doesn't belong to me. I'm a member of the church, just like you. Got born again like this. And today, I'm a pastor of one of the branches. Or a set of branches of the same church. Do you get it? So, some of you standing here, one day you'll be pastors. Yeah, you'll be pastors. You'll be pastors. Do you get it? So, take it seriously. And allow God to do what he intended to do with your life. With it. Hallelujah. Immediately after the service, somebody will come and speak to you. This, this, or I think right after we share, we are just about in about five minutes, we'll be done. When we close, just come to this side of the church. Okay? Somebody will come. You see, just as when you are born at the hospital, isn't it? it's not like when you come out of your mother's stomach. No, you take your mother's clothes. We are going home. Hey, we are going home. No. But they register you, make a birth certificate for you. There are things to be done. Do you understand? Being born is just the beginning. Being born again is just the beginning. After church, somebody will come and just have a short chat with you, five minutes, tell you what, what, what needs to be done and how to progress from there. And I believe that will all be well. All right? Wonderful. Can you do that for us? Wonderful. Please clap for yourselves and then you may go back to your seats. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. My God, my God. My God. Wow. Are you not blessed you came to church? Let me pray with the whole church quickly. Father, thank you for everybody who's in the service today. Help us to overcome our challenges, our difficulties. I pray. Let this be a week of breakthroughs. Let it be a week of miracles. Let it be a week of improvement and advancement in every area of our lives. Let us see angels helping us. Let us see men raise people, good people to help us in the name of Jesus. May there be open doors for everybody under the sound of my voice. If you are here, you are under any serious demonic oppression, it is broken today in the name of Jesus. Today is the last day the devil will torment you because the blood and the power of Jesus is released into your life in the name of Jesus. God bless you. Thanks for having me. Please welcome Pastor Longani. 
Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.